Hello, friends and neighbors. This is Dave Slusher. This is the Evil Genius Chronicles, evilgeniuschronicles.org, for Sunday, November 14th, 2004. It's a little bit chilly, but it is a lovely day here in Conway, South Carolina. The sun is shining. It smells like autumn, but it's not grotesquely, horribly, nut-freezing cold like it was in Chicago about this time of year. And uh, it's just great. And I'm loving it. And as I should always notice at the top of every show from here on out, unless I forget, our theme music is provided via the generous permission of the Gentle Readers, gentlereaders.com. Buy their albums, buy their albums, buy their albums, buy their albums. So one of the things that happened last week is we recorded, finally, a new episode for Voices in Your Head. And an attempt was made previously that failed for technical reasons. But we got another one in the can, and I'm not going to talk about who it's going to be. Uh, Doug K has talked me out of my horrible tendency to pre-announce things. <laughs> and so uh, it should be up next week, and it'll be a surprise who it is. But I'll talk about it when it happens. It's funny because this is completely the opposite of how it was in the radio world. Because with Reality Break, I always was pre-announcing everything as far ahead as I possibly could because we had kind of the opposite affordances. There, what I wanted to do was let you know that, hey, you know, big name is going to be down in two or three weeks. So to get you in the habit of listening to the show and finding out where it is and finding out what you need to do to listen to it. So uh, if I had, you know, a big guest and it was the fourth or fifth one in the in the queue, I wanted everyone to know that because I wanted people to be thinking about what do I do to go listen to the show. And here it's kind of the opposite. It does you no good and can do a little bit of harm to pre-announce and then get the excitement and there's nothing you can do. There's nowhere to go listen to it. The show's not up yet. So I have to retrain myself and, you know, I'm, I'm trainable, barely, but just barely trainable. Um, one of the interesting things I noticed in the last few days, and the dude even left me a write back on my weblog uh, yesterday, is that Warren Ellis is getting into the world of podcasting. And if you don't know him, he's a writer. He's written a lot in comic books. He wrote Transmetropolitan, which was brilliant. I haven't read all of them. I, I need to sit down. I actually was looking for them since we moved. I read, I think, the first two volumes, and I'm missing some, and I need to just buy them all and sit down in, in one like hallucinatory freak out jag just read the entire series beginning to end you know take a, an afternoon and just read all of them and he's one of those guys who's writing kind of science fiction that as he's writing it it's very hard to outrun reality <laughs> the real world gets more fucked up and cynical faster than he can uh, he can adapt to it he thought he was writing satire and next thing he knew it was documentary <laughs> reportage which is a sad state of affairs, but there you have it. But I'm looking forward to, I think it's great that Warren Ellis is in this world because there is going to be some crazy ass shit coming down, and I can't wait. So when people say, oh, podcasting, it doesn't do anything you know, new and different special, look to, look to Ellis. <laughs> Ellis will lead us out of this desert into the promised land. And there will be some sort of body modification and uh, unpleasant <laughs> unpleasantness associated, I'm sure. We will not be the same once we reach the promised land. And whether we uh, regret that or not, <laughs> who knows? But thank you, Warren Ellis, for caring. I'm going to play a few bits from podcasts I found around. And uh, I'm going to play this one from... SPXDS is the name of the show. 
inexplicably to me. Uh, I think Purple Stars is the name of her weblog, and she does this podcast that she calls SPXDS, which I beg of you, you need a different name. Because if you notice, I can't even say the damn thing. It's very difficult to say and is not catchy at all. And as we've seen with the term co- podcasting, having something a little slightly catchy and a little slightly um, euphonic helps a lot in the audio world. And SPXDS. There ain't no euphony there. But let me play a snippet, and then we'll talk about what I love about this. We actually have some tech news going on today. And it looks like World of Warcraft, coming out later this month, the 23rd, will be actually out for the Macintosh platform. It apparently says that uh, this is a multiplayer online game that's uh, coming out for the Mac, so if anybody on the Ma- that uses a Mac as a heavy ga- gamer, they'll probably find this very interesting and happy to know that another great uh, Windows game that's been on the platform for a lot of many years, Warcraft, will be coming out for the Mac as well. Alright, so a couple of things I like about that. For one thing, she's a woman and she's doing podcasting, which now brings it up to about 0.7% of all podcasters are women, but She's got a very thick southern accent, and she's reading this tech news, and I love that. I love to hear the southern accent uh, with the tech news. I, I actually love southern accents, and that's why I like being here. And um, I like hearing smart stuff coming out of somebody's mouth when they've got a very thick southern accent. I, I forget where she's from. She sounds a little like she could be from Tennessee to me. That's uh, something that your northerners don't understand is that there's a lot of different southern accents. And, and you can – I try to – it's like a hobby. It's like a game. I try to pick actually where in the south somebody's from uh, by their accent. And sometimes I'm really way off. But, like, I met a guy who was a sales rep uh, in Oregon, and I picked – I think I thought he was from – West Tennessee, and he was actually from Kentucky. So I thought it was a really good guess, given that I have, you know, like 10 states to choose from. And uh, so I love to do that, and I love uh, smart people with southern accents. And let me tell you about one of my big peeves in this world. Dave Weiner does this uh, sometimes when he does his fake southern accent, and, and it's kind of like a shortcut for I'm doing a southern accent, thus buffoonery. <laughs> southern accent is like the the quick the shorthand for what I'm saying is stupid shit, and God does that just make my hair stand on end? It makes me my ass start frying when I hear that. Just last night on Saturday Night Live, they had what I think is the dipshittiest uh, sketch in the history of that show, and that's really saying something. And that's that Appalachian ER, because the entire premise of the sketch is we got a bunch of Southerners and they do stupid stuff, and thus. The comedy writes itself. Well, bite my ass. That's just fine. It's for one thing. It's almost never funny. And it's, you go, boo, ooh, ooh, hey, we're a bunch of southerners. We shove stuff our ass. <laughs> we need us taken out of our ass because we're stupid. <laughs> Fuck off, you fucking carpetbag dipshit, northern elitist fuckwad cocksuck bastards. Fuck you. Fuck you. That's just it's just so fucking stupid. It's never funny. And this it's just 
lazy ass comedy. Oh, Southerners, they're so stupid. <laughs> God damn. So I, I just hate when people do that. And, you know, I, I'm going to, the, the thoughts are not fully formed on this, but I, this whole post election red state, blue state stuff, which in a lot of ways I've seen people tying it to southern state northern state like that whole slave owner non-slave owner and uh, which it doesn't hold because kansas for example was not a slave state and and all this kind of stuff but this divide and this general notion from the kind of uh coastal elite sort that just it's all a wasteland and there's nothing of value inside and i can tell you living here around myrtle beach as i do I hear about as many Brooklyn accents and, you know, New Jersey accents as I do uh, Southern accents. You know why? Because those people get the fuck out of New Jersey and New York and come down here and live because it's a better place to be and a better place to live and it's got a better cost of living and it's warm and it's fun and they like it here. So don't give me this horse shit. And (laughs) I don't know. I'll get back to the red state, blue state stuff when I've actually got more coherent thoughts, but... I heard that actually a lot at BloggerCon because I think Ed Cohn was the lone person from North Carolina and I was the lone person from South Carolina. And you say people say, where are you from? And I say, South Carolina. And they say, ooh, that's a red state. As if <laughs> that means anything. You know, South Carolina voted fairly overwhelmingly for Bush, but it was like 58 to 40. It was like an 18-point spread. But if you think about that, that means 40% of the people in the state voted Democratic. And I, I, I don't the, – the notion that we're like a monolithic state with one view, red, is, is absurd. And in fact, the Senate race was, was significantly closer than the uh, presidential race. And th- the notion of reducing all of American politics to this binary state, red, blue, is just so – overwhelmingly stupidly simplified as to be ridiculous and it really bugs me that that's what we've been reduced to so me personally when i was talking to ed cone and i'm really thinking about doing this as it will be spring or beyond because there's no chance of it happening earlier than that but i do like the idea of doing a myrtle beach area uh blogger seminar like a one-day thing much like the ed cone did with his piedmont blogger deal where they did a one-day thing and they got you know people from media and and around and i would like to do that here and there's lots of universities close by and i would like to do it for blogging and i'd also like to get some more podcasters from this area because i want to hear more southern voices out there i think uh the perspective is one that needs to be out there and, and the voice is one that needs to be out there and I want it. There are lots of smart, interesting, crazy Southerners that got crazy shit to say and interesting shit to say and smart things to say. So let's get it out there. And I just want to help enable that. And there you go. That's my uh, <laughs> that's my pro Southern uh, piece for the day. Now I also want to play this bit from the Gilmore Gang. And so, like I had said before, I got to meet Steve Gilmore and hang out with him a little. And he actually referenced me on his weblog over the last week. And God bless his heart. Steve Gilmore seems to think that I and the podcasters are lightning in a bottle. And I'm never going to talk anyone out of thinking I'm great. But, 
I think he, he, he's more excited by us than I am, for Christ's sake. And I'm not 100% sure what it is about us that has lit his fire so much, but I am just delighted his fire is lit. You know, I'm not going to uh, advocate against myself, but uh, sometimes I wonder if Steve uh, isn't seeing more in this than is there. Or am I just so stupid I'm not seeing the value that's there? Those are both possible. I'm a pretty stupid guy when you get down to it. So let me play this piece from the most recent Gilmore Gang, which would be, what, the November 12th episode. And we'll play about a minute or two, and then I'm going to talk about it. I, I just went down to uh, uh, Tony Perkins had a, a breakfast thing uh, at KPMG today with uh, five startups, uh, only one of which, when I asked a question, had ever heard of podcasting. Uh, uh, that. That company, by the way, is rolling out RSS across its company next week. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, this is starting to happen even in the enterprise space. But Howard Stern will still be out there doing his thing on satellite radio and every other media. Yeah, but he find, may, he may and find he's just going to add iPods into that whole play. You know, he may find that the, the, the satellite uh, broadcast networks like Sirius and XM become... Uh, a high bandwidth delivery mechanism for podcasts. I, I think it's inevitable. I think that's absolutely inevitable. So then they get folded into the existing fabric. So what's the difference? What's different? But it's being folded in, uh, you know, from a bottom-up approach rather than a top-down one. He so still makes ten. He still gets paid billions of dollars. Yeah, right. You got to follow time. the money. You know, yeah. the money is going to lead this, even though it's a wonderful social benefit. Uh, Howard Stern's not going to do it for free. Oh, nor are any of the people that are doing it for free now are going to be doing it for free. They're not doing it for free right now either. Yeah, They're doing like, it I, for I, uh, visibility and for uh, brand creation. So describe to me how the uh, business model works. Well, I, 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 I think one way is with um, with something that, that looks like the way public radio is starting to look and ought to look, which is there's a, there's a, there's a click to buy. Uh, button on there, and that needs to be there in podcasting. Better. Right. If this if this was true, then you know we would be making money hand over fist advertising off of broadcast on CB radio. Didn't happen. No. Oh come on! What, what is that? <laughs> I mean, that's a soundbite. I, I don't even understand it. I catch you on the flip flop. <laughs> no, seriously, Mike. Yeah. I mean, that was cute, but does it make sense? It's, yeah, but it's the same thing. Just because I can produce a show and just because I can write something doesn't mean I'm going to be able to monetize it. I have to build an audience. I have to know who that audience is. I have to be able to so, identify who that audience is. I ran the, the Making Money panel, or the, the discussion at BloggerCon last week. The weekend. quote Making at, Money panel. Yeah, the quote Making Money panel. And I, and I asked people, you know, how many, how many in the room are making more money right now doing something because they're blogging, and and about forty percent of the hands went up in the room. No, about two thirds of the hands. A two thirds. Oh, well, one guy. Yeah. They roll into go. I guess forty. So they're more. They're making more money at something else because the blogging okay, helps so, them gain so visibility. You, okay. you say, so why burden blogging with having to have a revenue model? It's like, as I said, it's like burdening your front porch or your furniture or your telephone with having to have a revenue model. It doesn't have to have a revenue it's model. It's not a question. That same group of people, the next question was, and how many of you are willing to quit your day job to rely on this money you're getting from blogging? You'd have like three hands. 
Right. No, that's not true. I think a lot of people are, are, are already making money in the new day A lot day of people, are, right. whether they're willing or not, they're having to quit their day job. Right. Now, here to me is the irony of all that. So I guess it's John Udell and Mike Vizard kind of taking the contrary position and you know Doc Searles and Steve Gilmore kind of taking the pro position. And so Udell and Vizard are saying, well, where's the business model? You know, wh- How are you going to make money from this in podcasting? Where's the business model for podcasting? And the way that they're expressing their um, disdain and their querulousness about how you're going to make money from podcasting is, dun-dun-dun, in the form of a podcast. So then the question is, Vizard and Udell, what's your business model for being on the Gilmore Gang? Do you have one? Why are you there? What the fuck? If podcasting is so uh, stillborn without a business model, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> why, why are you wasting your time? Obviously, you're getting something out of your hour on the phone there. So why is it any different for anybody? I, don't, I really don't get that point. And actually, I think that they're kind of hogtied uh, into their worldview. What they're failing to realize is in this, and, and you notice this is not related to podcasting. This is the way anything on uh, the Gilmore Gang. Now that I've listened for you know four or five months worth, uh, anything that's not um, directly, you know, anything that doesn't have a cash output to it, that's always what they say. That's that's more or less the knee-jerk uh, response to anything. What's the business model? Where's the money? So in that respect, podcasting's not any different from anything. As soon as any new technology comes along, they want to know, well, where do I plug into this to siphon money out? You know, where's the money tap? Psst, I want hot and cold running money off any new technology or else, f- fuck it, it's, n- it's of no value to us. Well, I don't believe that. And the thing that they miss, because that's always the first thing that they want to get to, is where's the money? What they miss is the value of podcasting is that the cost of production and the cost of distribution is so low that you can take risks. You can take risks in content, as I've been saying. You can take risks in business model. You can't take a risk in the business model of a radio station because you've got a, you know, a $10 million transmitter sitting there. And you can't screw around with that because you got to pay the rent on the transmitter and you got to pay the lease on the land and you've got to keep the... Uh, licenses paid and pay the engineers I mean you get so much overhead there is no risk that can be taken you know it's a battleship and you can't turn it well with a podcast you can try a thousand things and if you fail who cares if uh, a radio station tries a format and it fails you know they're out hundreds of thousands of dollars if I try something on a podcast and it fails I'm at a buck fifty <laughs> you know it's no big deal and so these risks I, I guarantee there will be a business model. And I guarantee it is almost certain that the business model is nothing anyone would have anticipated. It'll be something weird that some dipshit tries. And holy crap, that worked. Oh my God, who would have thought it? But because you have the ability to roll the dice, and you can try, and you can fail, and you can try something different, and you can fail at something different, and you can keep trying, we're going to get to something, and it'll be entirely different. This, I mean, this is how innovation comes. You, you try some stupid-ass thing, and holy shit, that worked. And that's why most people don't innovate, because most people aren't willing to be as freaking stupid 
as it takes and to fall on your ass and to fall on your face as much as it takes to actually find something new and different that wasn't completely obvious from everything else. Most people have just got these blinders on and they're pointed straight down the road and anything that veers to the side, they don't see. It doesn't happen to them. And that's just the way it works. And innovators are kind of the idiot savants who are willing to who are willing to hit the ditch. And you know what? Sometimes there's some really good shit in the ditch. And the people who are trying so hard to stay out of it, they'll never get there. So <laughs> I was kind of, as I was listening to that, just the irony overwhelmed me of podcasting doesn't have a business model as I'm podcasting. And the Gilmore Gang is a podcast, but it doesn't have a business model. Well, yeah, and that doesn't keep you from spending your time doing it. So I, <laughs> all this stuff about what people need to do and need to n not do and how things will work. Did you not notice that you're doing the same thing? <laughs> oh, God. The whole CB radio thing. Uh, that's the other thing, too. Well, let me get this out before I leave the topic. One thing that I have become highly attuned to is the value judgment words. When people and, and so people can't kind of criticize podcasting on its face. They got to throw some stuff in. Cable access, amateur, CB radio was the one that they threw in here. Basically, uh, stuff to you know take the piss out of it. Just to say, oh look, here's why it's unimportant because it's like CB radio. Now, it's also like satellite radio. That's not. <laughs> it's got. It's as much like that as CB radio, but you got to pick the like thing that will have the connotations of the least value and throw it out there uh, to try to like prove how you know idiotic this is and I just that's just knee jerk off stuff and it bugs me so let's go on to stuff that makes me happy so i got the permission for the general reader's song which i you're hearing right now underneath my voice I'm trying to learn lessons uh, of grown-up life, and ostensibly, by the, the calendar clicks, I've been grown-up for a long time, but, you know, realistically, nah, no, hasn't, hasn't happened. When I was sending the email to ask permission for the general readers, I had to suppress my inclination to write a very long, very breathless thing, asking them for all the permissions I might ever want, which is permission to use the theme song and the music bed, permission to play their songs on the podcast, you know, which I have from other bands. And somewhere in the, the back of my head, I could hear the older, wiser voices. You know, I can hear Adam Curry and Doug Kay and Steve Gilmore and all these guys kind of as like the angels on the shoulder saying, get one yes before you try to work the next deal. And so I could kind of, in my, I realized there's multiple deals here. One of them is mission critical. The rest I can live without. No sense in bundling them together and uh, pay, maybe screwing up the mission critical deal by like throwing so much stuff in there that I wear them out. So I said, you know what? Let's get the music rights for, for the theme song. Everything else can come later. Now I'm going to play one of their songs, and I never have asked them for permission. But one of the things I've always been doing on here, and it seems just completely reasonable to me is any band or record label that puts up downloadable mp3s it seems perfectly reasonable to me to play these in a podcast because they've already made them available they're already out there so in that spirit 
I'm going to play a general reader's song for which I don't have explicit permission, but if you go to flatearthrecords.com, you can download this MP3. So I'm going to play it here. I'm actually playing it from the album because, of course, I have all their albums. But this is one of my favorite of their songs and should be noted, if you listen to the lyrics really closely, it uh, it's an anti-big record label song. I love that. So everything about this song is a winner. It's by the Gentle Readers. It's a great song, and it's sticking it to the man from the album Hi, Honey. This is the Gentle Readers with California.
right on. God damn. I love that song. I love that song so much. I don't know about y'all, but it gives me chills when I hear that. Because not only is the song kick-ass, but the uh, message is one that uh, politically I'm on board with. California dreaming about how to get your money. <laughs> this is one of those songs I listened to a few times before I kind of caught the uh, the uh, message of it. And uh, once I did, I was like, holy shit, I already liked the song. But uh, now it's exactly about the stuff I've been saying <laughs> about the music labels. And it's so great to hear that coming from an actual band that, uh, as they say in the song, get stretched across a conference table into new dimensions. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, but that's from the album Hi Honey. Same album as the theme song here. Gentle Readers, gentlereaders.com. What can I do? I can't, I, I can't just walk you to the site, but I think you should go. And that's the episode for today, November 14th, 2004. EvilGeniusChronicles.org. Send your feedback to dslusher at gmail.com. And you Southerners, get in the game. I want to hear your voices. Uh, peace, love, and noise to all of you. And I will catch you again next time. Bye.